I want to start the conversation today by saying thank you to all the amazing women that are part of a self-care series called Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out. Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Paige Mitchell. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Paige specializes in helping individuals who feel stuck within their current career and are ready to transition to a job that is more aligned with their values and purpose. With her master's in counseling and 10 years experience in the mental health field, she is committed to working with clients on reframing their mindset, exploring their strengths, and getting clear on their vision and setting tangible goals. Welcome to the podcast page. I'm really very happy you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited and happy to be here too. I have a signature question and it's also my favorite that I ask everyone. And that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? I love that question. I define seasons as moments and more like milestones in life. And for me personally, I think looking back at my career, looking back to my childhood throughout the years, I definitely had different ideas of what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be. And so I think in terms of seasons, we always have this like expectation like, oh, well, if it's going to snow, we know what we're going to look out for, right? It's going to be cold. We're going to have to bundle up. Um, but for me, I think with these seasons, I think it's about just being really present within these milestones, just letting it be. I, I think also for me personally, like not really knowing what to expect Um, has actually helped me get out of my comfort zone. So I hope that makes sense. But I I really think of seasons as milestones and to just be present. Even if you have an idea of what is to come and expectations, just kind of let it go and see where that takes you. Yeah, Paige, I love that. I love that you, you, you'd call it milestones. You know, I've had people call it like chapters in a book. And I just love those little nuances to what the seasons of life are. So thank you for your input on that. I really appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. And I'm talking about careers. I do want to hear your journey to becoming a career coach. And I have, I've, you know, I've been out on your website. I've listened to some podcasts that you've been on. Did it start with your curiosity about human behavior? It did. My little page self um, always loved hearing about pretty much any conversation. Like, why are they talking about that? Just being just nosy and curious. And I am an only child. So really, I just had my parents 
to observe. And yes, I had friends, of course, in school and everything, but I was really already at a very young age trying to understand who am I, where, what is my purpose, and where do I fit into this world? Because I, I don't really believe in consequences. I think we're all meant to be on this earth for a particular reason. But at a young age, that's where really the curiosity sparked. And so, I mean, still to this day, right, we're always questioning our purpose and why we're here. But yeah, it, it really stemmed from human behavior. And once I learned, oh my gosh, that could be a career path, like psychology, when I found out what that was, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is it. This this area, this industry, this field is so natural to me. And curiosity is just my favorite thing. It's one of my top values. And now, okay, so you have your master's in counseling and, you know, you've got your, your 10 plus years experience in the mental health field. And I'm sure that has got to have really been a huge benefit to you transitioning over to the, the coaching realm. Yes, absolutely. I think the coaches that I have met um, just in my network, other career coaches have worked in HR or recruiting and um, other life coaches like fitness coaches or wellness life coaches. You know, they've had a very runs the gamut of what their career background has been as well. I think I have a unique I guess a unique story that I started with counseling, starting with therapy and really being there present with the client, um, really taking into consideration all of their trauma, all of their backstory and trying to put the pieces together. And so with coaching, I really love the emphasis of where you are right now in this moment and what are your future goals. Um, that really resonates with me in terms of working with people who are already motivated, already looking for that fulfillment. Um, so yeah, I think the transition really flowed. It flowed together really nicely. Yeah, and you're right. It, all coaches have their own unique backgrounds and, and different careers. And, and that's what makes coaches great. You know, it's all that. I agree. The uniqueness about them. I want to stay around careers right now and talk a little bit about overwhelm and burnout. Now, overwhelm and burnout, I think they're used interchangeably, but they're not quite the same thing, are they? I, I think, and I was doing a little research, like um, burnout is like, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, but burnout is like feeling exhausted. You're, you're starting to like really not like your job. And at work, you're feeling less focused and less capable maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or yeah. I think, I think it does get tricky. Right. And I'm, I think what's beautiful about like coaching in general is having the client define it for themselves. Right. Uh. Like, same with, you know, I'm a career fulfillment coach. So every single client, even on a discovery call, I ask, you know, what does fulfillment mean to you? And everyone's going to have their own answer. Um, but going back to burnout and overwhelm, um, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It's that the burnout is that state of your energy is completely defeated. 
you you feel stuck. It's it's too it's just too much. Overwhelm. I I mean it, it is used interchangeably. It can. When I think of overwhelm, I think of just like your hands are in the air and it's a complete surrender because at least with burnout there might be some like push a little bit that you can keep going even though you're exhausted like you can you you still have to show up but i think with overwhelm it's like a complete like ugh i i'm tapped out like i'm so overwhelmed there's no function whatsoever if that makes sense that does make sense because I think you're right. And burnout, you you can still push through, but in that overwhelm, you know, and I was and I was I was kind of like looking at the symptoms of overwhelm, mm-hmm. you know, like the heart racing, the aches, the pains, yes. the crying very easy, being irritable. It's something's got to give at that point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So can you talk about that in terms of being in the wrong job? You mean when you're feeling all those things in the job? Yeah, or? yeah when, you, when you're when you not really in alignment with the mm-hmm. right job. And so you're feeling all that, that whether it's overwhelm or burnout, mm-hmm. but it's really because you're not in the yeah. right job. Yeah. So I think if you have that sense of, okay, I something is wrong something doesn't feel right to me, something is not aligned, depending how you describe it. I mean, the first step is to acknowledge it, identify it. A lot of people are really in denial. They don't even want to admit that they're in burnout or they don't want to confess that they're overwhelmed because they that's a sign of weakness, whatever. So the first step, right? Can you identify? Can you just acknowledge the state of being where I'm at right now in this career is not for me. And can you be curious? Can you reflect on the burnout? Can you identify what are the symptoms or overwhelm, right? Can you identify what is it about this job that makes me feel unsatisfied? Where would I want to work in the first place? What would be fun? Just what am I looking for or what do I wish um, that was different in my job? Are think I think are some questions you can start the process in terms of self-reflection. And if you're not, and say you, you know, you answer those questions, you're you're coming to terms with, okay, like I think this is what's going on, then you have to make a decision is is this gonna be sustainable for you? Is moving is continuing this job going to work in the long term? And when you answer that question, then you have to also ask, okay, do I, should I ask for help? Should I seek a professional? Should I go to therapy? Should I change things around in my lifestyle? Like what, what else needs to change? Because I also think we can get in that trap of, okay, my career sucks, right? Quote unquote is terrible. Well, I'm curious, what are, what are other areas of your life that suck too, right? Like, is it just the job or are there other things? And I just want to go back to what you said just a couple of minutes ago, because I wanted to tell you, I love that when you said everybody has to define for themselves mm-hmm. when you were talking about fulfillment, but you're right. Everybody has to define for themselves what is burnout and what is overwhelm. 
Yes. Because a lot of people, right, you may, your level of tasks that you do on a daily basis, if I looked at your tasks and then I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't know how she does it. Like she is crushing it. Um, everyone's going to have a different level of burnout, different um, capacity. So yeah, I think if they can describe for themselves too, their symptoms, their tolerance is going to be different. Do you recommend that when when people are asking themselves that question, that they do a, do they journal about it? Is that how you like to work with your clients? I do, and I also acknowledge that a lot of people hate journaling. So the caveat there is if you do not like to have a notebook and a pen and paper, can you write it out on a Google document? Can you voice record yourself? Can you make a video like a vlogging, right? Like get your thoughts outside of your head, whether that's on paper on the video, make a podcast, like get it out of your head because we are so conditioned to think that we are our thoughts when really they're just separate from us. So in order to kind of differentiate that, I always encourage either journaling, typing it out, write a voice memo, talk to a friend, um, separate those thoughts from yourself. That's, That's really good advice. So when you're working with your clients, I want to talk about self-care um, now. Mm-hmm. What is the, the biggest stumbling block you see in your clients with self-care? Now, you can talk about that in terms of um, a career or just life in general. Yeah, I think going back to the definition of self-care, what does that mean to them? Some people would say... It is taking a bath, getting a massage, doing your nails, um, whatever that is. And that's fine. That can be an element of self-care. But the main thing I try to ask and stretch is what do you need to do, think, or say that is just for you and recharges you, kind of fills up your bucket again? Um, And so it could be any of those action items, or it could literally just be doing nothing, like just sitting on the couch, meditating, like it doesn't have to be this like big event. Oh, like I have to do this, this, and this for self-care. It can literally just being and just sitting is completely fine. So I think one of the things I come across in terms of resistance is the feeling of like guilt or I'm not being productive, right? Like, what do you mean, Paige? I'm supposed to just relax. That means I'm going to be lazy. Kind of, those are kind of the complaints that I hear. And it's just so important to kind of protect yourself, give yourself some boundaries and maybe make a ritual, right? Like if you're noticing your burnout What could be just one simple thing you could do that day that is just for yourself? That way you are more energized. You are giving yourself some grace. And at the end of the day, you are your best advocate. No one is going to tell you, hey, you know what? I think you need to do some self-care this week. 
Like no one, even like your closest friends, like they may say that, but you can't count on anyone else to practice self-care except for you. So pushing that accountability um, out there to just really honor and treasure that self-care for you and what that means for you. And I like that you're going back to describing for themselves what self-care is. Yes. I happened to be in a Facebook group and I was just I was just kind of curious about what folks were saying about self-care and somebody cuz somebody had made asked that question and it was interesting to me that most of the comments in there were about the bubble baths and the external type mm-hmm. self-care things that we do, whether it's, you know, our hair or, or massage or, or the bubble baths, nails, whatever it is. And the second piece that I saw in there that I noticed, and I was thinking about this because we were going to be talking tonight, was boundaries was the second mm-hmm. most talked about thing. So one, it was this whole, everything was external. And then the folks talking about, I don't know how to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think boundaries is a, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be a complex term, but somehow we've made it like this really hard thing, but really boundaries can be over or covert. It's just letting people know what is acceptable and what's not. And just keeping to your own word. Paige, you made that sound so simple. <laughs> <laughs> if we can just practice like simplicity, like the burnout, the overwhelm will significantly decrease. Just how can I make this easy? How can I make this simple? Just it is, it's just like your worth, right? Like it's respect. How can I show up for myself? How can I? be accountable? Um, and how can I communicate that? Because boundary crossing happens when you are not communicating your own needs. And if you don't, someone's going to cross them because they can't read your mind. We're not mind readers, even though we think we are. I got that all the time in psychology. I, you know, I ran into someone and they're like, oh, read my mind. If you're psychology, you know, you can read my mind, right? Or this is what I'm doing. Anyways, side tangent, but I think it's so important to communicate your needs. Yeah, and what what I meant when you when you when you just kind of said that about it being so simple because you just kind of laid it out there and that's the truth of what a boundary is. And I do think we're tending to make them so much harder than they need to be. It's say what you need. Mhm. Just yeah. as Keep it simple, like you said. Mm -hmm. And keep to your word too, right? Don't go back and forth of like you set a boundary and then someone pushes you or challenges you or, you know, even gaslighting, right? Like someone is manipulating or testing you on that boundary. Like stick to your word, stick to your needs. And that could be a yes or a no. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about mindset, and you have alluded to that, but I happened to read a quote, and it was by Tara Wagner, and she said, mindset is a collection of things you believe or assume, consciously or not, that influences how you meet your needs, how you feel, 
how you think and approach things and ultimately your actions and outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so far that is the best definition of mindset that I have come across that like tr- just like truly resonates with me. So do you have any examples or stories about how mindset plays such a huge role in our daily life? Yeah, I think that reminds me of, um, I'm going to butcher this quote. It just kind of reminds me of the book, um, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. And she has this quote about, you know, your thoughts lead to your words, which lead to your habits, which lead to your actions, which lead to your beliefs, um, or something like that. It just reminds me of that, our our mindset, our thoughts, and our language, our self-talk that we have is so powerful that if we continue to think or believe something, it becomes our reality, whether that's true or not true. So mindset is just so important of how you show up every single day. And I think it's Tony Robbins also that says like where your, what is it? Where your energy goes, your focus flows, something like that. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. Jen Sincero and Tony Robbins. I butchered those, <laughs> but it just, it's just the power of mindset. It's literally everything. And once you are in that mindset that is empowering, then that's where you can, you know, kick butt and take names. Yeah. Cause I've been, I've been thinking about mindset a lot over the last several months and in reading about it. And, and it's like every day when I'm in that right mindset, yeah, you're right. You just, you just kind of like in that zone of mm-hmm. just everything's positive and everything's just moving right along. Absolutely. And then it's the same for the opposite, right? Like if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, then the turn of events for the whole day is going to be crap, right? You're going to always find an excuse. Well, oh, well, this happened because, you know, this happened to me this morning and you're just going to keep backtracking why things are terrible. Um, So it's the same thing if you just start your day in, and I don't want to say like start your day positive, like in a positive mindset. It's more just, am I open? Am I going to start my day open to opportunities, having an open, mindful mindset that anything is possible? How do I want to feel? And that is where things will start to happen and you're attracting the good things that you want in your life. Yeah. When you said that about getting off on the wrong side Mm -hmm. of the bed, I know that if I oversleep and I start running late, that whole day to me, it's because I'm, it's my mindset, but as far as I'm concerned, my whole day is like ruined because I overslept and now I've, I'm rushing to get out of the house and get going. Yeah. So you're right, whether it's good or, you know, negative, the the mind is going to really let us know what's going to happen that day. Absolutely. Your mind will dictate the rest of your day for sure. Staying on self-care and careers, are there like three like coaching tips that you could give around self-care and how somebody could have improved their career? Sure. So 
I think with self-care, a tip that I have is to really surround yourself with people who support you. Um, I worked at a job that I did not like going to every day. Um, It was burnout. It was overwhelm. But I showed up to work and I loved my coworkers. They were so supportive. We were all in this together. And it was just easy to vent to, to them because they understood. And then I had, you know, my friends and family outside of work to just be there for me, to hear me out and support me. So um, I highly encourage to get a community, get a circle that um, a circle of people who you trust and who want to see you grow and want to see you happy. Your other question was about, remind me again, with careers? It was was just really, you know, those self-care tips around our careers. Mm -hmm. And I think that one you gave is is perfect. Yes. Um, So around your career, I would say, I mean, I would, I'll go back to, to mindset of just changing your mentality. I think having some type of affirmation when you show up to work and it, it's, and if you um, aren't physically driving or walking to your job, if it's, you know, at your own house and you open your laptop and you're ready for the day, have a affirmation that you will recite for yourself. So for example, this is not my ideal job, but it's paying off my loans or um, this job is really frustrating, but it's meeting my basic needs. Like something really neutral, that way you're not tying, you know, negative and positive energy towards it. It's just, I'm stating what this is to just put that kind of intention out there um, to kind of get you through the day. And maybe you can put that like on a little sticky note by your computer, or maybe it's in the notes section on your phone. But just think of some affirmations that work for you where it's pretty neutral and that it's just a place to focus. And that way you're not walking into work already hating everything. It's just, it's setting the tone for your day. Good tip. Thank you. When we're when we were talking about living our everyday life, and we start talking about values, because earlier I was talking about if you're in the wrong job and not and mm-hmm. aligned with it. But when we're going about our day, living our life, and we want to live our values, because it's easy to say that, mm-hmm. Paige, and sometimes it it's a little bit harder to do that. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? For example, and, and I and I think I said this to you, like kindness is one of my core values. Mm-hmm. And I really do my best to be kind to everyone, whether that's a, just a, something as simple as a smile, holding a door open. I really do try to live those. What is some good ways for people to live their values? And I'm thinking about what you said earlier. The first step is to define what those core values are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So once you identified, you know, your top three or top four core values, think about values as this is a compass. This is how I want to live my life. 
it's not a checklist. It's not a goal. It's not like, oh, I met kindness today. Check. Like it's not about crossing it off the list. It's about your mentality and action steps toward that. So I think a good way for you after you have identified what they are, then I would I would encourage you to journal. Sorry for those that don't like to journal, but it's really helpful to, again, get your thoughts out on paper. I would journal, put your top um, value at you know the top of the page, and then draw across, up and down. And so you're going to have four quadrants. On the right side of the quadrant, write down, just brain dump the things that you, the actual behaviors, like physical things that you do towards that value. So if we're going to do kindness, for example, tell me some of the things that like, that are behaviors that you do for kindness. What's some examples? So when I think of kindness, it's, it's it was what I said, you know, whether it's smiling at Perfect. somebody, just walking down the hall, holding the door for somebody, you know, it's, if somebody steps into the office, really listening to them, you know, even if I'm busy, I will stop what I'm doing and I will listen. To me, that is being kind. It's um, being present with somebody. Mm-hmm. Those are just some things I think of when I think of kindness, just right off the top of my head. I love that. Yes. So in that right quadrant, you would write out all of those tangible, actionable things that if I were a fly on the wall, I would notice, oh, she's doing that. She is being kind. And then on the bottom right quadrant, so right underneath, what are the things that are unseen? What are the things that maybe you just do that are still kind, but I wouldn't be able to notice it? Do you have any thoughts on that? On like what would be kind? Oh, wow. I hadn't thought about that. So something that somebody can't see. But you know it's kind. But but I'm still doing it to be kind. Get my partner a cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. You know? mm -hmm. And just even, it could be even just thoughts, right? Like I wish someone has a good day today. Even if you didn't text them, it could just be like a thought or a prayer or meditation, right? Like I'm sending out positive vibes to the universe, to God, um, for this person, right? Like that is kindness because I, I physically can't see you doing that, but it's good intentions, right? Right. And, okay. And so the left bottom qu- quadrant, if we're kind of going, um, like a clock, um, the left bottom would be also unseen, but away from your values. So what are things that are you that are unseen that isn't kind? So that would be then thinking negative thoughts about somebody. It could be, right? Or like, oh, I'm really frustrated with my boss or, oh, no, my mother-in-law called, called me again. And so I'm going to ignore her call, you know, something like that. It's just this this left side of the of the paper is about what are the things I'm doing that's away from my values, right? So we just talked about what are the things we are actively doing, thinking, seeing. And then on the left is, mm, I could work on this. Maybe this are things I need to be more in touch with and that I'm not really realizing I'm doing it. So the left quadrant would be unseen, um, not kindness. And then the top left is physical things that are not kind, that I'm still contributing. I'm still doing these things. 
All right, Paige, I'm going to put this in the show notes because I think this is excellent. <laughs> this this exercise. It's really good to be number one, self-aware, right? Because if we're not self-aware, we don't even know what we're doing. We don't know what we're thinking or saying. How can we change if we don't even know what we're doing? Number two, it's really good to be accountable and not just saying, oh yeah, I'm living my life towards my values. Really? Well, what are you doing? Like, it's just really good for you to own up to the things that you want to improve and then the things that are already working. Again, just brain dump, journal it out, um, be really honest. And then what you could do at the end of that, after you kind of wrote down all the different things, share it, share it with your partner, share it with your friend, share it with someone that you know, and say, hey, Kind is a top core value of mine. And look what I wrote down. Is there anything I've missed? Is there anything that you think I, or what are your thoughts on how I can improve on this thing? Right? Like get feedback. You don't have to do this in isolation. You could also call a coach as well. Like that's also the purpose of having a coach is having that second pair of eyes, um, that kind of bird's eye view of what else are you doing? Right. So don't don't feel like you have to strive towards your values all alone. Like get that support system and just go for it. Is that an exercise you do with your clients on on values? It Mm -hmm. is. Yeah, because uh, I have thought a lot about my 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 values and my core values, but you've touched on a couple of things that I had not thought of that I'm I'm going to do. So Yeah, absolutely. I I learned that it's called the value matrix. I learned that activity from when I worked at the eating disorder hospital um, for five years. And so working one-on-one with the patients and in groups, and we would do value activities like that to get them really thinking of, you know, what else is there to live for? What else is really important to me? What are the things that I'm doing that are towards or away from my values? So um, I definitely resonated with that activity. Um, And so I definitely use that with my clients today just to make sure that they are self-aware and accountable for what they're doing. Now, let me ask you this. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her about the season of life that you're in right now? That's a really good question. I would say, I would just tell her that her career path is not straight and narrow. um, And that's totally okay. I think back then it was, you know, you go to school, you go to college, and then you do the same thing for 50 plus years. And that's it, right? It's kind of like your peripherals. There's nothing else around you. Um, So I would tell her the season of life for me right now is to just try new things, be adventurous, take the leap of faith. Even if you don't know what is going to happen, it's going to be terrifying, but it's going to be so worth it because go back to trusting in God or trust in the universe, you know, whatever that is, trust in God and trust in yourself. That'll all be okay. So take more risks. Doesn't have to be linear and believe that you could do it. Oh, Paige, I love that. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So can you tell the listeners where to find you on social media and your website? Absolutely. So my website is www.pagemitchell.coach. And um, on my socials, I have Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, 
TikTok, um, YouTube, and they're pretty much all um, pagemitchell.coach. So, you know, facebook.com slash pagemitchell.coach. I've used pretty much the same handle, so I'm very easy to find that way. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast. The time has absolutely flown by. Yes. I, I just love the, the the conversation and everything. So I actually would love to have you back. So Yeah, I would love that. Hope you're, hope you're open to that. Oh, Good. yes, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Paige. Thank you so much. Take care. All righty. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.